What is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We are on episode 68, Yarmir Yager, baby, of my little hockey show, where once a week I go through all of the major news in the NHL, mostly focusing in on the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames, because that's my favorite teams, but I can talk about any of the 32 teams in the NHL. So, what is on tap for this week? Well, preseason is underway, the NHL Regular season is right around the corner, so we'll talk about a couple things that have been circulating around with the preseason. We got some pissed off captains in this league. We have no captains in this league and some new captains, so we got a lot of captain talk to go on. The Ducks still haven't signed two of their major pieces for this season, so what the heck is going on over there? And there's a trade, and that's about it. So for a change, let's start with some Leaf talk because there's been some stuff coming out of the Leaf camp that is a little bit eyebrow raising. First off, we got William Nylander has been playing center as at camp and in that preseason game the other day. I watched a little bit of that preseason game against Ottawa. As I'm recording this, there's a second game going on between Toronto and Ottawa right now. So yeah, shit is crazy. So how do we feel about William Nylander? At center this season, possibly. Well, I'm more comfortable with it this time around because they're not just trying it all willy-nilly out of nowhere in one of the most crucial games of the season. So, at least he's starting fresh at the beginning of training camp. At least we have... um, some time to see if this is a possibility and honestly I can't see really why not I know there's the big debate about what are we doing with John Tavares is he gonna slip with Willie going to center is he gonna slide down to third line center or are they finally going to pull the trigger and move John Tavares to the wing now honestly I think like why why does it have to be so like set in stone why can't we have John Tavares take the take the face-offs when it's really crucial because we all know that John Tavares is an elite face-off taking guy I would imagine that he is a better face-off man than William Nylander right now so why would it be such a big deal for the Leafs to have the line of like Tavares Willie and blank even though I know people don't really like the numbers when Nylander and Tavares have played together but just theoretically you have Tavares take the face off and then he just switches off and starts playing wing and you have Nylander play center. So why is that a situation? Well, the big thing is, is John Tavares, he's never had great speed and now he's getting older. It's starting to get, I'm not, I personally haven't noticed it being very bad other than the playoffs last year where he was definitely just falling behind in terms of pure speed, but he still brings a lot of great stuff to the game. So a lot of people have been debating if, when, should we move John Tavares off center and move him over to the wing. I, I'm i still all about John Tavares, man. I, I, don't, I still don't get the hatred towards this guy. Uh, he took a discount at the time in free agency. He did that for us. He came in. He's been nothing but fantastic every single season he's played here in and around point a game or more. Yeah, he scored. He shot the lights out in his first season as a Leaf, and he hasn't been able to hit those numbers in terms of goals ever since. But I think, I mean, if you look at his track record, he's never really been a consistent 40-plus goal scorer. So anyway, I don't know what all the hatred is, but regardless, we have William Nylander playing a little bit of center. And he was technically drafted as a center, but most guys, they tend to come into the league as centers and not every single one of them. 
plays center full-time. So we'll see how it goes with Willie Nylander. I mean, he kind of already shows that he could be a good center. He generally can run a line sort of by himself. We'll see more so if he can do that at the center role. But um, the only thing that concerns me is maybe his, you know, if you watch Willie for a while, you know, there's there's those games where he looks like an unstoppable, just train off the tracks. He is gone and he is just, wow, he is amazing. Then there's those other games where it's just not there. The effort isn't there. He doesn't look like he wants to be here. And, you know, in terms of a person playing center, you're going to want those guys, you know, you want them back checking. You want them to be on the forecheck and not making defensive liabilities a situation when you're a center. And not saying that Willie is a defensive liability, it's just sometimes his consistency and engagement in the play from game to game, shift to shift, isn't necessarily always there, especially when you compare it to John Tavares, who I don't think has ever taken a game off. The guy is awesome. Little thing king. He always does the little things, and it adds up to great plays, but... We'll see where that goes. It's not set in stone. We can That can get changed. Uh, Willie can go to the wing, but it's definitely worth a shot to see if with some training camp behind him, see if there's something there. I'm I'm for it. I wouldn't even be against like them trying out Marner on, on center and see if that's something because he's such a good passer, right? And maybe he could be unreal at the center. He's already shown the ability to be a pretty solid two-way forward. He was nominated for the Selkie last season. So, I mean, he's shown the ability to be able to uh, back check and be responsible defensively. So I wouldn't hate that. I didn't even hate the idea of them teasing maybe Marner on the blue line a little bit and just, you know, that wouldn't be horrible, especially on the power play. But hey, things, things can change. And especially with the Leafs, they have a lot of guys that share center roles. It's kind of been a thing with the Leafs for a while now where there could be multiple or even three guys that can potentially take face-offs on one line. So it's not really something I'm overly concerned about, but we'll see where it goes. I'm mostly just curious to see what they want to do with John Tavares this year because it's not too often that his foot speed is getting um, exposed. Now, that is something that would be more so a problem in the playoffs depending on who they're playing. Uh, if they're playing a really fast team, maybe like Edmonton or something, I know that would have to take place in the finals, but theoretically, they're playing a really fast team, then if they could prove and show that Willie has is good and uh, responsible to play center, then they could move that and they can change it up. There's never a ba- It's never a bad thing to have options. So we're playing with the William Nylander thing at center. I don't know if it's going to stick, and... It's hard to really get a great gauge on how effective he is in the preseason because in the game the other day, Ottawa, yes, they did uh, throw out their first line, which was very good the other day. They were scoring lots of points. But other than that, the rest of the team was not necessarily what the Ottawa Senators are going to look like in the regular season. So curious to see what everybody is thinking about William Nylander at center. You like it? You think it's going to stick? Or should people just lay the fuck off of John Tavares for a second? So that's not all that's come out of Leaf Camp. Uh, We have sad news, but also kind of known news that, well, uh, what's his first name? Jake Muzzin, there you go, almost said Matt Muzzin, but that's not right. Jake Muzzin will not be playing this season for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, he didn't play last year, and yeah, it's it's a really sad and shitty way for someone's career to go down. Uh, he did win a Stanley Cup. Admit, I fucking love Jake Muzzin. He's been one of my favorite Leafs ever since he showed up. He's just struggled so hard to stay healthy, and 
you know, when they re-signed Muzzin, that was something I didn't necessarily want them to do. He was already pretty damaged at that point, and then giving him $4 million was definitely even, like, I could say hindsight, but I said it when they signed it. I don't know about that deal, so... At least they could put it on LTIR, but um, yeah, the Leafs are still in a little bit of a cap trouble right now. I believe they're still over, so there could be a situation where they start the season with like 11 forwards and six defensemen. They might be down a guy, and we saw that happen a couple times with the Leafs last year, and it's definitely not a good situation to be in, so they're going to want to work that one out at some point, and Matt Murray going on what I would imagine long-term injured reserve for probably the whole season, or at least until after the trade deadline. Uh, He apparently needs major surgery. Now, does he or doesn't he is the question out there right now because we've seen this time and time again, especially in Toronto where, you know, guys just kind of disappear and, oh, well, where's that guy at? Oh, well, he's hurt. He's hurt. So, Matt Murray, I mean, he is an NHL athlete, a player. He's more than likely got something injured on him, but him needing major surgery, I mean, that sucks. I mean, I I don't think Matt Murray is anywhere near as bad of a goaltender as some people think he is. I still think he's an NHL goaltender. Maybe not a starter anymore. Is he going to be winning Stanley Cups again? Uh, Maybe not. I mean, he's still fairly young because the NHL, anything can happen, especially when it comes to goaltenders. They're just so freaking weird right but I mean I hope Matt Murray can bounce back and get back into the NHL at some point I imagine if he can sign a contract that is not super a lot of money that would really help people um maybe see Matt Murray in a in a better light because yeah he's making a lot of money right now he's definitely overpaid but I I still think he's got some good NHL time left in him so hopefully he can come back at some point this season is he going to be a Toronto Maple Leaf we'll have to wait and see on that one and then we got Austin Matthews so there's an article floating around that uh Mr. Poppy might be seeing himself on the penalty kill a little bit more this season or just on it in general and that could be good or bad. So again, I don't say I don't think any of this is set in stone. Even if he is on the penalty kill, does that mean he's going to be playing penalty kill every single game? I mean, maybe, maybe not. So the debate with this would be just look at how many minutes that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl play over in Edmonton. It is a lot of time, way more than your average forward, but they are a little bit more talented than your average forward. So is Austin Matthews going to be the guy that would benefit from more time on specialty teams that aren't the penalty kill, or what are we thinking about that? So I think Austin Matthews is a good good two-way forward. I, I don't know if he's quite elite yet, but I think he's really good. Uh, he's shown very good skills on the boards. He's quite good at stealing the puck away and protecting the puck on the boards. Uh, good at coming back on the on the back check. I could see it being an option for the Leafs, especially he's solid at face-offs. And I always like the idea of having um, a threat on the ice at all times. So if you have Austin Matthews out there killing penalties, you're definitely going to maybe think twice, uh, making a nifty little pass near him, because if he takes that, oh boy, you're in big fucking trouble. That was the same thing that was going on with, with Marner last season. You know, he's on that board. He's generally the high guy up, kind of forcing the defense to make a mistake. And if Marner gets that puck, he is gone. You There's not many guys that are going to be catching him. So 
is that is that a recipe for uh, success? Are they going to score some more goals shorthandedly? You know, it definitely comes from. It's going to depend on. You know, every game's going to be different. Some games there may not be as many penalties, or in general, all around there may be a lot more five on five times. So it's definitely going to be a game by game basis. But if they want to try it out, I'm all for it. I mean, I like. I always put my. Uh, best players generally on the penalty kill and power play in the video games but you know that's a video game so things are a little bit different and I definitely don't want Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares to get burnt out I want them to uh, you know I don't want them to have like a minute managing or anything because they're young I think Tavares even doesn't need anything like that yet but I don't want them to get burned out by time playoff comes we're in a position now where you know, the regular season, I'm not going to say it's easy for them to make the playoffs, but they're generally a, a pretty strong team in the regular season, so the focus needs to be on playoffs, and you're going to want to keep your guys, you don't want to burn them out 60 games in, and then, you know, the last 20, they start falling off a cliff. You really want to start uh, getting the getting the engines warmed up for playoffs once the, once the time gets close. So I don't want them to get burned out, but I definitely wouldn't mind seeing them try it out. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen the lineups for the game that's going on right now. I'm not sure if Matthews is playing in that game right at the moment, but we'll see it once the regular season starts and the lineups start to get settled in. It's still a little bit early to determine who and who isn't going to be on the lineup, but it is safe to say that Matthews is probably going to make the team, I would imagine. He's pretty good, but I am interested to hear what y'all think about Austin Matthews joining the PK. I mean, it's really not that crazy. Marner's already on it, so can you imagine a Matthews-Marner penalty? killing tandem that would be pretty un ungreat to deal with and I think it would be good to maybe refine their defensive skills just a little bit and again it doesn't mean that they're going to be solidified on the PK every single time but you know if 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 the time comes where it's like all right we're deploying Austin Matthews and Marner on the penalty kill off they go and it could definitely throw a wrench into some team's plans Speaking of screwing up some plans, let's talk about the plans of Steven Stamkos and what he thought maybe would have been done already over the summer. So I personally think people are blowing this one a little bit out of proportion, but the story is Steven Stamkos, captain of the Tampa Bay Lightning, wanted to have his contract extension done over the summer so that he wouldn't have to worry about it all season long. He's only got one year left, making like $8.5 million, kind of a bargain, but he's getting up there in age. He's like 34 years old now. He's won two cups. He's been the captain for a very long time, former first overall pick. He's played his whole entire career for the Tampa Bay Lightning, broke his leg, fucking blood clot, a whole bunch of shit. It's been a very interesting career for Stephen Stamkos, and there's still no contract extension, and he has come out and said, I'm pretty damn disappointed about that. So, I mean, when a Canadian hockey player comes out and politely says on camera, uh, I am a little bit disappointed, apparently that means all hell has broken loose in Tampa Bay. Because everyone's like, oh my god, this is this is egregious. Steven Stamkos doesn't have an extension. What's the big deal? I mean, yeah, he's your captain. He's won two Stanley Cups, but... I mean, have we forgotten that hockey is a business and uh, the Vegas Golden Knights can just ship people off to wherever the fuck, whenever the fuck, and it's not that big of a deal? And Well, I mean, it was kind of a big deal. But regardless, I think, um, you know, I think the Stamkos thing is getting a little bit blown out of proportion just because he doesn't have a contract signed right at this moment uh, doesn't mean that... 
he's necessarily traded or he's gone or he wants out. All this stuff that people are speculating. I think Brisebois is being a... He's got to be a little bit smarter at this point in his GM tenure because, I mean, he has that Tanner Janot trade, which was an absolute disaster. So, you know, I would imagine there's some eyes already on him at the moment. And if he just had, let's just say he threw a contract at Stamkos, an egregious contract, like six years or something like that, like eight, eight and a half million dollars, somewhere around what he's making right now. I don't know how good that one would age. That would definitely, I would imagine, be a boat anchor contract for uh, that team at this point. And Breezebois has come out and said he wants to be competitive still. He still want, he, they still believe that they're contenders. They can win another Stanley Cup. And they need to be smart with the money that they're going to have in the future. And if they're going to give a large chunk of that money to an what he would be 35, 36 years old at the start of that next contract. And if you're going to give him a large if you're going to give him a raise even, like I think that's already out of the question. That should not be happening. I know that he's already, he's even put up like what his two best seasons back to back now. He's kind of aging like a fine wine, but you know, scoring has gone up all around in the NHL. Stamkos is as healthy as he's been in a very, very long time. He's still playing on a very good line with some very, very good players. And, I mean, I, I'm i a little bit on the side of Brisebois. Like, yo, you cannot, at this point, the way that the NHL is going, you cannot give Stamkos at his age that much money or that much term. Or if it's going to be, it's got to be one way or the other. Like, we'll get they can give him some good money for a short amount of time. Or if you want to have a fucking six to eight year extension, then you're not going to get paid. That's what I would be saying as a GM. And, yes, it's... He's won two cups for you, but I don't want to be a dick about it, but how involved was Stamkos during those cups? I mean, that first cup, they won it without him. He played one game and scored one major goal. Yes, absolute legend, but they already did it basically without him, and, you know, not to say that uh, if they lose, if they traded off Stamkos right now for, like, picks or something, it's definitely going to make them a, a much worse team. Like, they may even struggle to make playoffs if they didn't have Stamkos this season because... That's mostly because the Atlantic is so stacked at this moment and there are teams just chomping at the bit to get into a playoff spot and Tampa Bay could be the ones that fall out. So if that is going to be the case, we'll see how it goes with Steven Stamkos. But what side are you on right now? Are you on Team Stamkos that this guy has won a cup for you guys? He's been here his whole entire career and gone through so much ups and downs with this team and he's always been there he he left money on the table when he re-signed he didn't go to Toronto he's done a lot for this team absolutely but it's not like he played for free the whole entire time he was making eight and a half billion dollars it's not like he got paid there's money there I guarantee if you check Steven Stamko's bank account there's more in there than mine so sometimes you know I, I'm not going to say, like, if Steven Stamkos wants money, I mean, what's what's the problem with him leaving? Like, okay, yeah, your family, your whole life is in Tampa Bay, but how much longer do you have in your NHL career? If you want to just go bounce, like, go to Florida. If you're that worried about leaving and going so far away, go to Florida. Just walk from Tampa and then see you later. If that's how they want to treat you, then do it back to them. I mean, I don't... It doesn't bother me all that much if a guy doesn't play his whole entire career with a team, unless it's like something like Daniel Alfredson, where it was like, Jesus, man, why'd you, you really, like, you just wanted to play those few games in Detroit, what the fuck, but if Stamkos stays, 
he stays. If he doesn't, I mean, I really can't blame Breezebois for not wanting to give him a contract yet. Because at this point, he's going to want a lot. He's got a lot of really good things that he can go back to and be like, well, I scored 100 points that season. I've been increasing my point totals over the last season. Won some Stanley Cups and all that stuff. So Breezebois, I think, is playing the right hand and saying, yo, man, we'll wait. And if he falls off a cliff this season, then boom, who's the genius at that point? So, I mean, I understand Steven Stamkos' frustration. It could literally just be boiling down to a money play. This could be something that his agent told him. Like, hey, they're going to stick fucking microphones in your face. Say something about it. Maybe we can get a contract done or squeeze something out of them. Or at least turn the heat up on that conversation which I feel like has worked in spades because people are just running with it. I don't think it's a big deal. I think it'll probably just get done. And if it doesn't, then cool. Stamkos will find somewhere else to play and make a lot of money. That's okay. So curious to think what side uh, everyone is falling on. I'm I'm good with Breezebois, man. I think he's doing the right thing. Don't give an old player a lot of money and a lot of term at this point of his career. So I think it'd be okay, but we'll see how it goes with them. Speaking of how it's going, how about that Calgary Flames-Vancouver preseason game last night? And again, I do preface the fact that it was preseason and it wasn't Vancouver and or Calgary at their full potential, but the Flames did pummel the Canucks 10-0 the other night. And the best thing that came out of that game is Coronado with the hat trick and oh Baby, that is a good sign. I am liking the vibes around Calgary right now. Huberdeau is buzzing. He seems happy as fuck. So that's great, man. I'm Again, it's preseason. So good for the Flames. That's great. Young player, scoring, looking really good, fitting in. The t- I'm seeing smiles on the, on the Flames' ice. And like, oh my God, I haven't seen a smile in Calgary in about a year and a half. So... That is fantastic news. Now, I don't expect the Flames to, you know, go 82-0 and and Coronado score 55 goals this season, but it's at least something. And I know I saw Sharon Govich getting on the board. Huberto was on the board. That's great. And it looks like there might be a little bit of a bromance brewing right here between Huberto and Coronado, and I'm all about it. So I'm just glad to see some pictures with some smiles and some Flames players. That is just, mm, that is brilliant to see. So that's good for the Flames. Now the Canucks. So I don't think it's time to panic just yet. It's only a preseason game, but holy fuck, 10 nothing. The thing that concerns me the most would be Seelovs, their goaltender. Uh, he, well, I guess now that that trade has gone down, we're not too worried about it. We'll talk about the trade in a moment with Tanner Pearson, but Seelovs was potentially in the running for the backup goaltending job for the Canucks this season. Uh, it's probably not going to happen after that game. I'm not, I didn't even see that many like egregious goals going in. Now, I didn't see all 10 of them, but I did see the three that Coronado scored. That last one was an absolute snip, top cheese, bar down cheddar. How do you, how you doing? But good lord. So, not a good sign for the Canucks out of the gate and probably not going to help with their confidence. But again, it's just preseason, so I'm not going to go too crazy about it. But 
but definitely not a good sign for Seelofs, but I guess it's okay because they have made a trade. So let's go over and talk about this trade. Pretty minor, but um, I think it works out for both teams. So we got a trade between Vancouver and Montreal. Montreal acquires Tanner Pearson and his contract plus a third round pick from the 2025 draft. Vancouver acquires Casey DeSmith, who has been on the trade block and trade rumors ever since Montreal acquired him like a month ago or whatever. Not very long ago. So this is good for Vancouver. They were looking for a backup goaltender and Casey DeSmith looks like he is going to be that guy. Uh, You'll definitely get a chance. I would say it's pretty safe to say at this point that he should and will be the backup goaltender for them. So good move for Vancouver. Not only did they get their backup goaltender, they also helped themselves out a little bit with the salary cap situation. They're another team still uh, not under the salary cap and someone needed to go. Was it going to be Tyler Moyes? Probably not. Still could happen. Was it going to be, oh man, what's that guy's name that I really like? Garland. He He's also been in trade rumors. Uh, you know, I, I, I like him. I think he's a good player. But it appears that it was Tanner Pearson. So just, it's not that the Vancouver Canucks wouldn't have liked to have him on the team this season. He hasn't, I think he missed the whole entirety of last year. But contract is a little bit too rich. He's still got some value that Montreal wants to see if they can get something out of this guy. Now, it seems like a, a decent flyer for the Montreal Canadiens. They're, they could definitely use some forwards and some scoring help. Tanner Pearson, he you know, he's not going to be a 30-35 goal scorer or anything, but he could be some solid middle six depth for them. And if he does happen to resurge, they could easily trade him and get some more picks. So they picked up a third round. Not bad work from both teams right here. A kind of... um. What do you call it? Just a hockey trade. You know, Vancouver needed something. Montreal could help them out. So, yeah, not a bad deal right there. There's been some mostly minor signings right here. So, we got Kalen Addison gets a contract extension. Just the one year, 825000 I feel like I talked about Jujar Kara getting a uh, league minimum deal with the Minnesota Wild. We'll see if he's able to crack onto their roster. Looks pretty decent. Igor Sokolov gets a one-year deal with the Ottawa Senators, league minimum. Yan Yannick, one year, league min for the Arizona Coyotes. We got Touré. He signs a three-year entry deal. Parker Bell, three-year entry-level deal. And Colby Barlow gets his three-year entry-level deal. The 18-year-old, he is at this point listed as what could potentially be the steal of the draft this last uh, season. He already looks like a man at 18 years old. He's got a thicker beard than I do. And, you know, so far so good with this guy. Maybe he cracks the lineup. I I, I think that's a pretty outside chance, but I think you might see him at least in those nine games before he gets sent down to wherever he has to go. But uh, Colby Barlow, we could be hearing that name a lot more often sooner rather than later. So we'll see where that one goes. Vancouver with two entry-level deals. They sign Sawyer, Minio, and Ty Young. So uh, nice for those guys. Ty Young, a goaltender, 19 years old. And that's about all those signings that have gone on right there. So we'll swing over now and we'll talk about uh, some captains and stuff. 
So we got a couple of new captains in the NHL. We'll start off with the St. Louis Blues. They named Braden Shen the new captain of the St. Louis Blues. And yes, absolutely yes, that would have been my guy that I would have selected uh, from the Blues if I was choosing a captain. He's been there, I, I, I would say, probably the longest. He's definitely been there for a long time. He's a good, responsible, two-way forward. He's definitely been dealing with some injury over the last couple seasons, but... St. Louis is looking for a bounce back this year. I believe that they can do it. And with Braden Shen named the captain, that's going to be the guy they're going to get behind. I think that's a good guy to get behind. He's a good player, and I like it. So good with Braden Shen. You know, some people might think that maybe they would have pulled the trigger with one of the younger guys and Thomas or maybe even Cairo, but I don't think it's there just yet. Kind of got a tease as to I'm not going to say that this is the reason why but St. Louis last year kind of looked like you know they were moving on from some of their older players and going on with the new young guns and then they didn't make the playoffs and you know not that their play was necessarily bad but at some points throughout the season it was definitely not good they were having a lot of goals against when those guys were out there they turned it on a bit especially towards the the back half of the season they started um really bringing it together and kind of saved what almost was a not very good season for Cairo or Thomas but we'll see where it goes I believe Thomas is going to wear the A I don't I didn't see that um Cairo is going to be wearing anything and I don't know how much I know some guys really you know hold the captaincy and the assistant captain very high and, and oh it's so very important I personally wouldn't worry put all that much stock into it I mean if it's really bothering a team then yeah sure make it a captain like the Calgary Flames we'll talk about them in a moment but before we talk about the Flames and their non-captain let's talk about the Bruins so Brad Marchand new captain of the Boston Bruins oh boy that is interesting now now if someone said that Brad Marchand was going to be the captain of the Bruins like six years ago it probably would have giggled a little bit but you know, I don't hate it. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Brad Marchand. I respect the player, um, but he is a Bruin. But I have to say he has calmed down quite a lot over the last few years. Now, I'm not saying he's completely fucking clean and and, and re- just rejuvenated his whole... No, he's still a fucking dickhead, but he's definitely calmed down a little bit. But we'll see how that one goes. I'm, I'm very interested to see if... Maybe now that he has the C, he's going to ramp it back up and become ultra mega dickhead of the NHL again. Or if now that he has the C, he's going to like really tone it back and calm down and and do everything that he can to keep the Bruins in play because there's it's definitely some pressure around the Bruins this season. It's their 100th uh, season. <laughs> They're coming off of the very very disappointing uh, playoff run that they had last year, getting taken out in the first round after having the greatest regular season of all time. So Brad Marchant really wouldn't want to be the guy to lead the Bruins into not making the playoffs. That would not be something that Brad Marchant would want on his resume. So I'm not necessarily rooting for the guy, but you know, I, I would semi feel a little bit no, nah, I can't say it. I wouldn't feel all that bad if if he was the one that made a miss. It would kind of be kind of beautiful, honestly. But anyway, Brad Marchant captain of the Boston Bruins. I mean, how long does Brad Marchant have left in the NHL? I mean, he is coming off a double hip surgery. He didn't really seem to miss all that much beat last year. Now, I didn't watch a whole lot of the Bruins, but his points still look pretty good. I thought he was going to be fucking toast, admittedly, after a double hip surgery, but 
there's Brad Marchant, man. So maybe we see a dip off in his production this season. Now there's no Mar Bergeron. There's no Krejci this season. They're definitely going to be taking a hit. It's uh, pretty safe to say they're not going to have as good of a year as they did last season. But it's nice to see, you know, Brad Marchant. He's going to be the last of that last big group of the 2011 team that won the Stanley Cup. There's no more Krejci, no more Bergeron, no more Chara, no more Tuka Rask. So it's Marshawn's team. I'm I'm fine with that. I wouldn't have been shocked if they pulled the trigger and moved on to maybe Charlie McAvoy or David Pasternak. If I was picking between the two, I'd probably side a little bit more on the Charlie McAvoy side. He just, I don't know, he just screams more of a captain to me and Pasternak. I don't think that kind of shit really matters to him. Would he like to be the captain? Yeah, why not? I think that would be really cool. But we'll see when it when Brad's time is done, who's it going to go to? Pasternak or Charlie McAvoy or maybe fucking Marshawn just doesn't leave and he stays here until he's 48 years old and he's the captain the whole time, becomes the longest Bruins captain of all time. But we'll we'll see about that one. That's that's pushing it, but Congratulations to Braden Shin and Brad Marchant of uh, becoming captains of their team. So we'll keep with the with the captain talk right now. So we know that the Flames don't have a captain as of yet. A lot of word on if Backland is or isn't going to be the captain at this point. I really don't give a shit. If, it, if it's going to save us money and a headache and all that crap, give him the fucking captaincy and we'll be done with it. He'll retire or leave next year or two and then we'll have another captain. I don't think it really matters. I know a lot of people put like, oh, I don't like the idea of a guy being the captain for one year or half a year and then they don't have a captain. I mean, Seattle recently just did it. They made Mark Giordano their inaugural captain and then they traded him not long after that. So it's not that big of a deal, honestly. I think... At least I think. I don't think it's that big of a deal. So if they make Backlund the captain and he retires next season or he gets traded or he moves on, oh well, at least, you know, I think it's a nice kind of respecting gift to give to Backlund. He's been there for a long time. Good, long-serving, flame. I imagine he's quite well-liked in the locker room and with the fan base. I like him. I think he's pretty good. But... If, if it's going to make the team a little happier, I think they can rally behind the fact of Backlund becoming the captain finally. Maybe not your typical captain. I kind of prefer these kind of captains when it's not necessarily the best player on your team, but kind of your all-around good. Like, he's resp- you can count on him for anything. And I feel like you can do that with a guy like Backlund. He's responsible defensively. He's a veteran in the league. Maybe, I mean, his offensive production isn't incredible but it's not bad he's a he's kind of like the swiss army knife of the team i can see him in all situations and not feel all that bad about it so i'm good with backland becoming the captain of this team they could go with huberto he is locked in for eight years so that's kind of your safe pick you know i don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon yeah his first season wasn't all that great and but i think he's going to bounce back and but I don't think, I don't know, I, I it might not be the best idea to put that on Huberto this season. I think he should just really double down, focus in on having that bounce back, start feeling good, get comfortable with the team, get comfortable with the city. And if you add in the captaincy, that's just going to add in a whole bunch of extra talking and interviews and, and hard-hitting questions that maybe he doesn't really need on his plate right now. He just needs to put up some fucking points and get the Flames back into the playoffs. So... 
I'm good with Backlund becoming the captain of the Flames. I'm cool with that. Some people have speculated maybe Rasmus Anderson could be the captain. Hey, that'd be all right with me, too. I think he's a really good defenseman. He had a good year. One of the rare players on the team last season who I can say had a good season. So we'll see where that one goes. But the Flames aren't the only team without a captain. So there's um, one, two, three, four, five other teams that do not have a captain. So look, quickly go through them, and I'm going to rattle off who I think should be the captain of those teams if they decided to pick one. So Arizona, this one's really easy for me. It's got to be Clayton Keller. Probably the best player that they've ever had. The dude is an absolute stud, and he continues to be really good. Really good draft pick for them. He's come into his own. He's signed fairly long-term. He's been there for a good amount of time. You know, he's a, he's a real trooper, and I would love to see him become the captain and bring Arizona back to the playoffs for the first time in a while. Seattle, Seattle's interesting. There's a lot of uh, really good players. I mean, Jordan Eberle would be nice. He's been around for a long time. A good veteran player. He's been a good piece for them as well. Maybe a Vince Dunn. I mean, he's not locked in really long term, but he's arguably the best defenseman on that blue line. You got Jared McCann. He scored 40 goals, and he seems to be a little bit of a firecracker for that team. And what about Brandon Tanev? I mean, that guy, he puts up a fantastic picture every single season. Could that guy make a good captain? I don't know. I think I like the idea of Jordan Eberle. That one would just be really nice. A guy that's been around for a long time, through the ups, through the downs, and he's still here being a very productive player. So I like the idea of Jordan Eberle. We got Anaheim. Oh, this one's this one's tough. Now, they could give it to Cam Fowler if you're going to pick a veteran. I think Cam Fowler would be fantastic. Been there forever underratedly really good defenseman. I think he would fall under that same category like Lindholm. He got traded from the Ducks. He went to the Bruins and he looked fantastic. I think if Cam Fowler went to a more competitive team in a better role, I think you could see uh, a very good Cam Fowler, but I think he's still a really good defenseman. He should probably be the captain, but if they aren't going to pick a veteran and they want to go with one of the new guys, the one that I've, I'm still sold on, and I'm, I don't know, maybe I have a little bit of a crush on this guy, but Mason McTavish, man, I don't know. There's just something about this guy that just screams future captain to me. He just seems so mature, maybe a little grumpy, which I really like in a player. If you're a little grumpy and you don't, you don't play the norms, man. Like I, I really dig that about uh, McTavish. So that would be the guy. I know a lot of people are like, oh, what about uh, Zegris or even Troy Terry, maybe, or um, the new guy, Leo Carlson. Well, I think it's a little too early to give it to Leo Carlson. He hasn't played any games yet. So, but Zegris, you know, he just. It'd be fun. It would be unique for the NHL to have a guy like that be the captain because he's kind of quirky and goofy and he's definitely very popular with the young kids. So that would be really good. But I would pick, I really like Mason McTavish. So that's the guy I would pick. But Cam Fowler, if we're being serious, we got Philadelphia. This is a tough one. This is a tough one right here because there's uh, not too, too many guys, but uh, it's got to be. Uh, Couturier, man. Couturier, uh, really good news to hear that he was back on the ice playing, uh, you know, preseason hockey at least. That was the first time it said in 20 months that Sean Couturier has not played. So he, he when I think of Philadelphia, it's it's him and Claude Giroux, those like curly, redheaded guys with the beards. I mean, they, he just, oh, he's got that look of Philadelphia. And I think he'd make a great captain. Another guy, 
Very similar to Braden Shen, just a really, really good two-way forward. Good on offense, really good on defense, and he's been there for a long time. And I would be super into Mr. Sean Couturier becoming the next captain of the Philadelphia Flyers. That would be wicked, or better yet, he gets traded to a competitive team and, and, and yeah, does, does something good in the playoffs. That'd be cool, too. And then there's Chicago. So you could give it to Connor Bedard. I think it's a little too early to do that. This is the team that... I think, honestly, I just wouldn't give a captaincy to unless it's going to be uh, who the fuck is still there that's been there for a while. I don't even know. So I think it's just give it to Connor Bedard, but maybe after the first season, kind of like a Crosby. I could see Connor Bedard becoming one of the next young, young captains in the league. There's really not many other guys to pick, and you could give it to Taylor Hall, but... I don't know. I don't really see Taylor Hall as that, but maybe now he's kind of shifted in a leadership role for Chicago. So maybe Taylor Hall is the captain for a little while and then he can pass it off to Connor Bedard. But I think we all know that Connor Bedard should and probably will be the captain of the Chicago Blackhawks really, really soon. So that's really cool. Also, I need to talk about Connor Bedard just a little bit more. So last week, we talked about in preseason him scoring that hat trick. And I didn't even talk about how fucking disgusting that release that kid has. Oh my god. I went back and rewatched those goals. Holy shit, that release is scary. It looks scarier than Matthews, man. And oh, I don't say that lightly. Like, that is... Wow, that, I mean, it was preseason, I know all that, but Jesus, did he ever, he shot that thing so violently and so accurate, so my question is, I might have already asked this, but how many goals is Connor Bedard going to score in his first season? I mean, I feel like it's safe to say he should be in that 35 goal range, but could he push 40, 40 plus? I mean, could he be up there with an Austin Matthews rookie season goal total? I mean, with that release, man, and how much opportunity he's going to get with Chicago. I mean, maybe. I mean, I can definitely see a, a season with Connor Bedard getting like in and around a point a game, a point a game, and maybe a little bit, but he's going to be like a minus, pretty nasty. He's probably going to be a not great plus minus, but I don't put a whole lot into the plus minus stat unless it's extremely egregious. Like if you're a minus 80 something, like what the fucking fuck are you doing? But regardless, that release on Connor Bedard is terrifying I cannot wait to see what he does with that in an NHL game man it's it's very Austin Matthews like where he'll drag it and he uses uh the opposing defenseman fantastically as a screen that thing is launched off of his stick like a NASA rocket and wow it's going to be very entertaining to see what Connor Bedard can do in this league I I cannot wait it's going to be a lot of fun Speaking of a lot of fun, let's go back to the Anaheim Ducks who still have not signed Trevor Zegris or Jamie Drysdale. So what the heck is going on over there? Is this like we're getting deadly close to the beginning of the season? I mean, they literally could sign it tomorrow and I don't think anybody's going to bat an eyelash. But what if Zegris and or Drysdale do not start with the Ducks at the beginning of the regular season? I mean... It's not like the Ducks are going to be making the playoffs or anything like that. But, you know, is it is it going to be a bad look for the organization that the young pieces that are going to be building this team in the future are already kind of putting their foot down and making things difficult? I'm not going to say it's, it's... I don't know, it definitely reminds me of... Um, the Leafs a little bit with Nylander holding out, Marner being a little baby, and Matthews just asking for a shitload of money and getting it. I mean... 
I don't know if you, I mean, I know that the league is changing and, and the younger players are starting to get more money earlier, which is fine with me. That's, that's okay. But, you know, if you're going to have Zegris and Drysdale, like, sit out the beginning month or something, I don't know how good that's going to look for the, for the future of the Anaheim Ducks. So, well, I'm definitely quite curious, uh, not only to see what the contract is going to be, because now that you've got the, that contract that got signed with the Sens over there and Sanderson is Drysdale looking at that thing being like, Oh baby, how about that eight by eight extension? How how can I get some of that? Now I, I, I would be fucking scared and shocked if, um, Anaheim gave Drysdale a eight by eight. Some people might like that, but no, nah, no, nah, not, not yet. And Zegris, I mean, he could sign an eight by eight and I, I wouldn't be terribly bad with that one. Now I, is he, I don't know, man. He's going to definitely be an offensive dynamo. Is that defensive game going to come around? There's a chance that it might. There's a chance that it doesn't. He's just an offensive dynamo, and you're going to have to stick some sort of defensive man on that line just to, you know, keep things normal. But I don't know. This is It's definitely going to be, it's an important thing for the Ducks to get right. You don't want to piss off Zegris, but you don't want to, you don't want to have a deal that's going to hamper the future of this team. So they're definitely taking their time with it, but uh, I think time is starting to run out. You don't, like, training camp's already begun. Preseason's begun. These guys are nowhere to be found just yet. So interesting. And we also have Shane Pinto of the Ottawa Senators. He is not signed yet. And this mostly comes down to salary cap. They don't have the money. Uh, I don't know how much they want to give him, but they say that they don't have the money yet. And there may be a trade coming out of Ottawa. A lot of people are circling uh, Joseph as po- as the possible target to uh, get traded out of Ottawa. And yeah, I could see that because when I was looking through the Ottawa lineup for the preseason, uh, they do have a lot of... They have a really good forward group. So if they if they are going to sacrifice something on that team, it's probably going to come from the forward group because they're pretty heavy up there. It's a good forward group. Like, it'd be amazing if they could just keep that. But Joseph is making a, a little bit of money, and I think he's got some term on that deal. So someone's probably going to pick him up that has some salary cap, but... You also they that team is also going to realize that they have the Ottawa Senators kind of by the balls because if they want Shane Pinto like really really bad well how bad do you want him is it is it a first round pick second round pick third round pick that that ends up like I'm not saying that Matthew Joseph is necessarily a bad contract or anything like that but it, if there's blood in the water the GMs are gonna smell it and I think there's a little bit of blood in the water when it comes to the, you know the Ottawa Senators lineup and the money and who and who's going to leave like are they end up are they going to have to end up trading Shane Pinto? And I definitely don't think they want to do that. They seem to really like Shane Pinto. Uh, he played pretty well for them last season. I think he got to 20 goals. So, yeah, that's the kind of player you don't really want to lose, especially for nothing. I believe he's still a restricted free agent, so I, I, I think the the risk of losing him for nothing is is not going to happen unless something terribly, terribly happens, something bad happens. But regardless, those are uh, three young players that are currently not signed. Uh, drastically different reasonings. I mean, Anaheim's got all the money in the world to give them, but that doesn't mean just because you have all that money doesn't mean you got to spend it all on those guys. So they want to be smart. I understand, but again, clock's ticking. And then Ottawa, it's just the fact they don't have any money. So a move is going to have to be made out of Ottawa. Who's going to get traded? I mean, if there's smoke, there's fire. It's probably going to be Joseph, but who's going to be you know, picking him up. I think you're going to be picking up a pretty good player. You might be able to get him for a fairly good deal, and you may even get a pick thrown at you too just to take him. So that is going to be really interesting to see where that one goes. 
And then just a small little thing here from Montreal. Paul Byron retires, which is kind of sad. I like Paul Byron. He was a good player. But there is good news. He is going to remain with the Habs in a player development role. So that's pretty key. I like when players stick around and, you know, just stay with the team. If you like it there and you're well-liked and everything, I'm good with that. So Paul Byron, you know... It wasn't a superstar or anything like that, but regardless, you played in the NHL. Uh, it's, that's more than a lot of people can say. So congratulations to him, and good luck with the player development role. There's definitely a lot of fun, young, exciting players over there, so it could be a lot of fun for him. So we'll see how that goes. Probably would have been a lot less fun if he played this season, because I don't think the Habs are going to do very good. So maybe it was a fucking 3D chess style move right there. Good on you, Paul Byron. And I guess speaking of good for you, Michael Ann Lauer is officially the new owner of the Senators. I mean, I, I mean, people are talking about it like it's news. I feel like we've known that for quite a while now, but it's official official, so fantastic. I mean, it's definitely a big pressure situation for Ottawa this season. It's they haven't come out and blown their load like they did last year where they're like, oh, we're done with the rebuild and fuck, 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 and all that shit. But, you know, it, it, without them saying it, it's basically playoffs or bust. Like, it, you're probably going to see a lot of changes in management behind the bench and all of that stuff if the Ottawa Senators do not make playoffs this season. So we'll see how much people like Ann Lauer if uh, this season goes badly and he starts firing people. But regardless, it's... um. Good to see that that's all done and settled with there. It was a little bit uh, crazy there for a little bit. You know, Snoop Dogg getting in there and fucking Ryan Reynolds almost becoming the owner of the Senators, which I would have loved, by the way. That would have been freaking dope. But it's the NHL. No fun allowed. So you just get some fucking billionaire gets to be the team. Good for him. So that's nice. So hopefully we get to see the Ottawa Senators move into a better location so that people can actually watch their games live without... You know, taking out a loan for, for bus rides and planes and all that shit to get to the arena because it's so far away. Regardless, that's really cool that that is settled. So I think that's it for me, everybody. Thank you so much for wa- for listening. You can watch this if you want to. You can go to Gamer GX Videos on YouTube. I upload all the full episodes over there. Great place if you want to drop a comment or send in a question for this podcast you got questions about the upcoming nhl season you got some questions about some video games uh you got some questions about movies tv shows and or wrestling throw them at me i love a good comment if you want to be uh, a superstar why don't you leave a little review on whatever podcast listening thing that you're listening to this to hit that little star button and let me know it doesn't have to be five you know be honest be real that's okay I'm, I'm good with constructive criticism and all that great stuff but regardless if you're listening thank you so much you guys are awesome we will be back again with more gx plus casts i got a horizon forbidden west review on the way finally beat that game gonna be popping the platinum on that bitch at some point so review incoming for that and other than that we'll be doing our regularly regularly scheduled wrestling content gonna have the recap i believe there's some pay-per-views upcoming this weekend i do believe so there'll be some extra wrestling content for y'all and again follow along on twitter there's a youtube channel and an email address all the links are down below if you want to check them out please and thank you and as always we'll be back again with more gx plus cast